Hello, welcome to Entrepreneurship at UBC's podcast, Evolution. I'm your host, MJ. Join me as we explore our ecosystem stories of innovation, impact, and hustle. Welcome to Season 2 of Entrepreneurship at UBC's podcast, Evolution. Today we have a special episode for you, featuring the recording of one of our past sessions from Entrepreneurship at UBC's Immersion Week. If you missed it, Immersion Week was an event for our UBC community of students, staff, faculty, and alumni in Entrepreneurship at UBC Ventures along with BC's innovation ecosystem to come together with the purpose of demystifying entrepreneurship in the innovation economy. Today's episode features the session called What It Takes to Get Started With Us. Hear from some of our exciting ventures in the entrepreneurship at UBC's Full Lab to Launch cohort. And without further ado, here's our entrepreneur in residence, Cheng Han, opening up the session. Today's session is about working with us. Here at Entrepreneurship at UBC, we work with hundreds of entrepreneurs, innovators, and founders, both from UBC and across, across British Columbia. These entrepreneurs have remarkable ideas and innovations that will help the future of our world and create real impact. Through our core and L2L, or Lab to Launch programs, along, along with our overlapping streams for social ventures, and climate solutions to the later phase hatch accelerator program. We are privileged to be working with this community who are disrupting industries with their companies. Much of this starts very early with the early stages of venture building. Sometimes it's an idea with legs, other times it's a discovery from the lab. No matter how you get started, going down the venture startup journey is never easy. Taking the steps to formalize your business is a daunting task. As a result, we are very excited to be speaking with several entrepreneurs from our latest and newest 2020 Fall Lab to Launch cohort on how they did just that. Students, professionals, researchers, and academicians, and especially entrepreneurs, I'm pleased to introduce you to our outstanding panel, followed by our esteemed moderator. First, our panel, we begin with Aina. Aina is the Chief Research Officer of DCAP Research and Development. She has a master's student uh, from UBC. She is performance-driven and passionate about research. Aina seeks new challenges to overcome and values building relationships with interdisciplinary collaborators to accomplish mutual goals. Aina has a bachelor's of science in biology with a minor in health and society, also from, excuse me, with a master's in health and society, also from UBC. Next, we have Yajur Sandi from Nayoka. Yajur is a graduate of UBC Sutter School of Business and loves finding opportunities to serve people and thrives doing this in the advertising, energy, consumer products, and technology sectors. Yajur strives to make the world a better place using the power of technology, dedication, and creativity. He has always been bothered by waste, inefficiency, and unethical behavior. He's seen how people ignore and actively play down the environment as well as economic and social impact of their actions. And this can create damage. And he's now passionately working to change this through his entrepreneurship journey. Our third panelist is Miriam Mai from Fiberlex. Miriam is an R&D scientist with over 13 years of industrial and academic research experience. 
She's turned her interest in biorefinery and the circular economy into a clean tech startup, Fabrilix. Miriam is focused on bio-based and renewable resources and on how to turn industrial or agricultural byproducts into useful materials, such as insulin foam or packaging. She has coordinated product development for fiber reinforced composites, industrial fluids, and non-wovens, as well as developed plastic formulations for bio-based and biodegradable consumer goods. Miriam has a doctorate in chemistry from Dresden Technology University and a master's in chemistry from the University of Munster, both in Germany. And our moderator, Thelzel Lee. Thelzel is an entrepreneur, angel investor, and business strategy advisor to companies with a focus on strategy development and operational alignment. She manages the monthly Vancouver Angel Technology Network, or VanTech, as well as the Vancouver chapter of the Coretzi Forum for the Northwest region. This is for the local startup community of angel investors and entrepreneurs. She also serves on committees with NACO, the National Angel Capital Organization in Canada, and the ACA, or Angel Capital Association in the US. Thelzel is the co-founder and director of Angel Investment Funds, Nelsa Investment, which is a VCC, also the E-Fund, also a VCC, and Timia Capital, a TSX venture. Through these, she provides equity and non-equity investments for many entrepreneurs and ventures. Thelzel, over to you. Thank you very much, Che. I'm so uh, honored to be in the company of these great entrepreneurs. You know, once upon a time in a previous life, I was also pursuing an academic path. And then I took a left turn. Never did finish my graduate degree in biochemistry. Got one in business instead. So there's in a few short words, my entrepreneurial uh, journey. So I'm going to ask each of our panelists, why or how did you become an entrepreneur? Let's start with you, Yajur. Sure, yeah. So you know, essentially, I kind of fell into it, which is kind of funny because like, uh, like I always wanted to join a startup or get into UBC because when I was an undergrad, I got to check out, like if you have a chance to post COVID, uh, go to the E at UBC um, worksite, which is kind of like inside the alumni building. It's really cool. Uh, also having a chance to uh, check out like a lot of the startups who are doing talks and events uh, as part of some of my coursework or just in general. And so after graduating, uh, I was working a corporate job, but then I had a chance to meet other people who were trying to form a venture. And so it just ended up working out that way. And so just keep your eye out there. Uh, think about what you want to do. Uh, of course, be sure to continue to develop your like hard skills and stuff, but just be open to opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, Jajur. What was your journey like, Miriam? Um, yeah, so for me, it, um, uh, my background being uh, coming from Germany, it's entrepreneur culture is not so um, popular in, in Germany. So it was never really um, an option for me. Or I never really thought about it. Um, I always thought I would work as an IND scientist in a, in a big chemical company, maybe making my way into management. Um, and then coming to Canada about 10 years ago, um, I noticed this uh, really vibrant uh, culture and um, all the accelerators around help from UBC and, and other sources available that help entrepreneurs to start out. 
Um, and I started looking into different options, what kind of ideas um, I could use to, to start a company. And having worked for two local uh, clean tech startups as well, I kind of thought, yeah, that would be nice to gain this additional experience to go away from the lab and, and learn more about the business side of things. And what is your story, Ina? How did you become an entrepreneur? So my story is kind of similar. I, I've always liked trying new things, exploring new challenges. Um, previous to this, I spent I also spent most of my time in the science and healthcare fields. Um, I did my bachelor's degree in biology, minored in uh, health and society. I did a couple jobs in academic and uh, government labs, uh, as well as the medical clinics. But the world of entrepreneurship and business and startups was something I would only hear about here and there, but nothing that I actually had any experience in. So when the opportunity came up to just dive into this world, um, I thought, well, I have the time and um, the product that we're developing, it sounds like something to me, like it would be needed based on my own experiences. Um, and it's something new and challenging, which aligns nicely with what I generally like to do. So, Aina, tell us a little bit more about your company. That, like, how, why this company? So, this I chose this company because it was, and I kind of like came to become part of this company maybe a little bit differently than the other panelists because I didn't, I wasn't there during the inception of the company at of DCAP. I was, I came on later on as project manager, and then eventually into my current position now. But what draw, drew me towards the company was that um, it, had, it was compelling because the idea for the product that they wanted to design was something that was um, currently not available or widely available to people who could be using it now. I knew that the issue that it aimed to tackle was a problem because what it does is it is a needle or a syringe uncapper and disposal device. And from my experience, I've got, and it's supposed to protect people from needle stick injuries. And I've experienced a needle stick injury. I've had coworkers who've experienced needle stick injuries. And up until now, we've just kind of had to deal with it because there wasn't really any alternatives. And since this brought an alternative into the area, I thought, okay, well, I mean, it seems like we really need it. And I really wanted to be part of the, of just bringing it into the world and letting other people use it as well. What about you, Yajur? Could you tell us about your company and why, why you're in this company? Yeah. So to start off with, uh, at Nyoka Design Labs, we're working to reduce uh, waste generated by single-use products. And so the first product we focused on was glow sticks. Because I'm sure many of you have been to parties or events where people take it up, glow stick, they break it, and it glows, and, you know, party goes on. But what happens when the party stops and what happens with it after? And it turns out a, a lot of bad things. And so that value proposition and that idea of that, hey, it's like we want to have a very socially focused goal and also have found a solution to it that's leveraging like cutting edge uh, technology. Like we're taking enzymes found in nature and putting them into a commercial on the shelf type of product anyone can use and after they used it the party can keep going because they're turning an item and an event where you know it used to cause a lot of waste and doing something with it that they've suddenly reduced their impact by a very significant margin 
And so the way I kind of fell into that was uh, they were looking for uh, someone to join the team and to help them understand, like, how do we build out this marketing? How do we position it? And how do we really convince people that this product is worth it? And yeah. And so here you are. What about you, Miriam? Tell us about your company and why did you get into it? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I started the company myself and I basically came across the idea at a conference. Um, and what my, what my company does is providing an additive for, for concrete, for ready mix producers that uh, makes it possible to use um, very smooth sand types that are usually not um, uh, suitable for, for concrete. Um, and during the con uh, conference, I heard about the um, challenges with sand shortages that um, sand dredging um, creates lots of environmental and social problems. Um, and I started to research more into the, into the problem and I was really compelled to do something about it. And the, um, the technology that was presented at the conference, I thought somebody should do something. Um, I was surprised that the general audience was really dismissive and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds a little bit crazy. And, and, um, and when I talked to a friend about it, he said, so why don't you do it? Why don't you start a company and uh, take that technology to market? I was like, I don't know how. And, um, and then I thought, well, I could figure it out, I guess. Um, and then I started taking some of the E at UBC courses, the lunch, um, the, the lunch hour um, courses, and then applied for the social venture strip in spring. Um, and now for this fall, participating in the lab to launch program that then basically teaches me those skills, how to, how to test the theory, how to build the company. And um, yeah, that started about a year ago. And now I'm here. Now you're here, so what, you're, tell us a little bit more about your journey. I mean, certainly you learned some lessons along the way. So what was the hardest lessons for you to learn? Um, yeah, that's, um, that's an interesting story. I had a, I had a co-founder. So we started the company together because I heard that it would be helpful to have co-founders to shoulder the whole work together. And that was the um, original idea to, to share the workload. Um, and then as it turned out, we had different different ideas, how that would happen, how much time we could put in. And for my co-founder that also his personal circumstances changed, so he couldn't put as much time in. So I had to remove him from the company. Um, and that, that was a really difficult um, decision and uh, discussion with him because we have been long-time friends for over 10 years and um, I actually worked with a, um, with a business coach to help me through how to do it in a productive way because I didn't want to lose the friendship um, and it worked out well it cost me a little bit of money and nerves but it it, it worked out well in the end and yeah there was a there was a tough learning so choose your co-founder as well. Well that's an, a very good tip how about you, Aina? What was a really hard lesson that you had to learn for your company? So a lesson that we had to learn, and it, something kind of happened earlier this year that put us in the experience of it too, is that just don't be discouraged in the face of failure or criticism. What is most helpful is to use that criticism and the lessons learned from the experience to your advantage. And so what happened earlier this year was that we applied for a grant, which we learned that we did not receive. Um, and we had planned to use the money from this grant to make some pretty important product testing projects. Then at the same time, which everyone probably knows COVID happened. And even if we had that money to do those tests, we wouldn't have been able to do um, any of those projects still. Um, 
but we couldn't just sit around and wait for the pandemic to go through its process. We didn't know when that would end, but we still had work to do. Um, we need data that we needed to get. So what we ended up doing instead is first we looked in different areas for grants and we were able to get one, a MITAX grant to fund a project that was different than the ones that we originally planned to do, but it still contributed to the development of our product. So it was useful. We still needed the data that our original projects would have provided us. So then we went back to our ideas and reworked some of the projects we intended to do to make them be to so that they could happen in a place where the COVID restrictions wouldn't interfere as much so we can still get the data we needed. Um, and we'll actually be starting some of these projects this fall and into the new year. And finally, we've been taking a look at the criticism received on the grant review from the grant reviewers on that grant application that we didn't end up getting. And we're using that to revamp our application for next round of the competition. So things don't always work out and most of the time they might not, but unexpected things do happen. And even if they could prevent you from moving forward with your plans, that's okay as long as you pick yourself up and take what lessons you learn from the experience and continue with a new approach. Thank you, Lina. What about you, Yajur? I think we're getting the story that it's not a perfect ride to be an entrepreneur. You need to be off mute, Yajur, so we can hear your hard lessons learned. I 120% agree with that. Uh, so we also faced the COVID tidal wave. And what that taught us was, was that you have to really understand what you offer and how you can pivot that offering to meet the needs of other people. So for example, our original target market for our first product, the light wand was glow sticks. Our beachhead was originally supposed to be outdoor parties, events, things like fire festival, burning man, um, decentral, there's a whole bunch of different uh, events where people socially gather and party. But due to COVID, suddenly that entire market segment has essentially evaporated overnight. So what do we do? How can we pivot? And what do we offer? So like I was saying, we realized that it's not that we're offering a glow stick. We're offering an alternative to the waste. And so who else cares about the waste that they're generating? Turns out a lot of people do when they're using things like glow sticks. Uh, the UN, uh, people in government and industry, also understanding your market. Turns out uh, over 75% of the total use of single-use glow sticks is within industry and government. So really understanding how you can pivot and what things you're bringing to the table. That's like probably the hardest lesson. So understand, really understand that. I can't have said that enough. <laughs> Uh, that's great. You know, uh, my hard story, like one of my first entrepreneurial stories was that I, I had the franchise rights for children's stores in Eastern Ontario. Other than my children being very well dressed, I can, I can commiserate with you, Yajur. It's about understanding the product and what the market wants. And it was, it was tough to lose that franchise. All right, I'm going to open up the floor to questions from the audience. And all of you who think that this is a glamorous life, you can 
question that uh, our, our esteemed panelists, because entrepreneurship is really in vogue. So let's, let's see if uh, our panelists can offer you some good advice. Hello, MJ here. Thank you for tuning in. If you're interested in listening to the Q&A from this session, head to part two of this episode to find out more. Thank you for joining us for part one.